This is CliffCentral.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Opinion Booth with myself, Sonia Booth. Growing up, I was very insecure about my looks and my weight. This led me to live a life of seeking approval from men. I broke my virginity at the age of 13, all in the name of fitting in, and it made me feel I am now a real woman. I started drinking and smoking. I did everything to be recognized as the popular kid in school. Fast forward to the age of 16, I met a guy from Soweto. Living in the burbs and dating in Soweto was the coolest thing ever. I fell pregnant, family found out. We went for a backdoor abortion, but seven months later I gave birth. My son was discharged from ICU. A month later, I woke up and he had turned blue and very cold. He passed away. Yes, I was hurt, but I felt a sense of relief. Only mourned him years later. I continued with life and fell pregnant three times after that to two different guys and got an abortion each time. I used that as my prevention method. I then met this guy, a celebrity. His name is not important. When he asked me to be his girlfriend, I went crazy and thought to myself, I have made it in life. This was someone I grew up seeing on TV and hearing on radio. When I met him, he had lost a lot of weight, but said he had just finished TB treatment, which made sense. Like, who was I to diagnose him with HIV? Anyway, I thought I was above the virus. I felt my background, growing up in the burbs, etc., made me superior to HIV. So we dated, and now I was Miss Popular. You see, we started having sex, never used a condom, and my silly mind just wanted to get pregnant with his child. Was seeing myself in newspaper headlines, etc. So I thought, nope, no condom, it's okay. We had sex at my mom's house, in his car, at the Hyde Park corner rooftop. For some reason, we lost contact and he disappeared. Turns out he was ill. Found out months later when he called and asked me to buy the paper on Sunday. He was on the first page and the headline was, so-and-so dying from AIDS. I was like, okay, whatever. I'm fresh, big thighs, big ass and all. I can't be HIV positive. I had given HIV a face of someone skinny, losing hair, dry mouth, etc., we went to visit him. I went to visit him sometime and he didn't, he didn't look good. He was very ill. A few months later, he passed away. I continued with my life. Around 2009, I met the father of my child and he was telling me that are rumors that I might be HIV positive because of my previous relationship with Mr. So-and-so. He then advised we get tested. Lebohang, Brenda, Mutsumi. Welcome to the Opinion wow. Booth. Okay, wow. What I just read was your thread on Twitter. Yeah. Others thought this was a publicity stunt. Of course, of course. Are you in a position to complete it? Because I know um, Garabo, for example, um, I think she was anticipating more. A lot of people were hoping, yearning for more. It's almost like a, a teaser. Like a movie, <laughs> you gave us a movie trailer, and then now, now we're just you wanting want more. more because we're thinking, "Hey, Bo, how do you leave?" I mean, you, you, we, you had definitely caught our attention. It was an incredible thread, especially considering it was your first thread ever. Yeah, and you were nervous. 
if and and you were questioning yourself whether you had done it justice. Yeah. Powerful. It, I mean, it it rips you to the core. You bared your soul. You stripped yourself naked in front of millions and millions I of did. Twitter users all over the world. I did. Are you in a position now to complete that story? Um, we can complete the story, of course. Um, that is the story on its own. Of course, there's more, but I am willing to answer anything that people want to know, and I'm willing to share. But of course, um, it will all be in a book where people can actually just, it will be in detail and more in detail. So I'm willing to share anything that you would like me to share and yeah. Okay, so I mean, in, in, it was obvious. I mean, in no mm-hmm. time, you were flooded with DMs, direct yeah. messages. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, can you share some of the outpouring and messages of encouragement and support? Oh, well, um, I think I've been doing this for years, but it was my first time sharing my story on Twitter. And I got a lot of thank you. I needed to hear that. I got a lot of, I just tested for HIV and I thought my life was over. I got, of course, the bad comments also of why are you doing this? You know, you went out looking for this virus. But out of all of this, Sonia, there's one Twitter message, I mean, DM that touched me. There was a young lady who said to me, as I speak to you now, I am going for my Ninth abortion Tomorrow And I've been doing this You know I'm dating older guys I, I, I don't use protection I don't even know what my status is And I gave her my number And we spoke you know um, She hasn't gotten back to me Whether on um, If she has done the abortion or not But I spoke to her In terms of of course, going for an HIV test, you know, and of course, making more informed choices about protecting herself. But out of all of those messages, that's the one message that touched me. But of course, there were also alarming numbers of people disclosing their status to me, which also was touching. Did, did you get to pick up? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to pick up. A, it's hard to make up a, a demographic, but um, I'm sure you have an age bracket in yeah. mind yeah, as I to do. what the majority of those people were contacting you. I do. It was mostly young women um, in their late 20s, early 30s. And then I had a few guys who are also in their late 20s, early 30s. Maybe if I would have to give it a percentage, I would say 60% women and 40% men. And mostly young. Mostly, mostly under, young. under 30. Under 30, yes. Because you, you're also under 30. Yes, I'm 29. Whoa. Okay. So, so do you think, um, you, you, you open up, um, a, a platform for people your age? Um, because the, the only other person that I know who's in the public eye is Chriselda Kananda, right? Yes. And, um, I mean, I, I don't know how long she's, she's been HIV positive for, yeah. but she's yeah. been an activist she's for many, for many years. years. And I, I don't yeah. know how old uh, she is, yes. but I believe you are the only one that I know of yeah. that's, um, put it out there. Um, and I, I believe and I know that you're doing that because you recognized that 
people your age need somebody they can relate to yeah it's 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 um when i started this it was mainly because i felt there weren't enough young people speaking out but we've got a couple of other voices that are speaking out besides myself you know and me sharing my story was i can see in the in the news, we, we see the stats. The stats are telling us that every week 2,000 young women are getting infected with HIV between the ages of 15 and 24. And that for me was a need to, to tell my story. For one, to educate people through my story so they don't make the same choices. Two, if young people have made the same choice, to know that you can still restart your life and start a new chapter, you know. And three, just for the awareness that HIV really is not a death sentence. There is no to HIV and really if you are sexually um, active anybody can get um, con- um, can contract HIV and that is why I speak about my story but also it helps me to heal you know because accepting your HIV status and whatever past mistakes you've done is a daily journey that one goes through so it's also helping me to heal and to um, fill certain voids that I still happen to deal with to date and and hence you were quoted as saying turning your mess into, into a, a message. message i love that and that's going to yes. be the title of my podcast because i thought that is so profound yeah such a genius you are <laughs> you know obviously i have to mention that you 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 have to get uh, get credit for the for the title Thank you. and uh, i hope nobody steals that yeah so now let's go back Mm-hmm. At some point, I mean, soon after you found out about your status, you went to a church. Yes. And at some point, they told you you had healed completely. Yeah. And that meant you stopping taking your antiretrovirals, and this led to your deathbed. Yes, it did. So I, went to, I was in a taxi. I saw a random poster. And at the time, look, I was taking my treatment, but I was in a lot of denial. So when I saw that poster, I was like, that is my freedom from this prison that I called HIV. You know, well, that prison that was HIV, rather. And I went to the church, looked for it, and I found it. And I started religiously attending the church, you know. <clears throat> Sorry. It's okay. I grew up um, in a Christian home, yes. But um, I was never really the... I, I would go to church because mom goes to church, you know, but I started religiously attending, not spiritually, but religiously because I wanted this certain healing. And I thought if I do certain things right, then I will get the healing. And of course it was preached to us as though HIV was a punishment from the sin you have committed. Remember I've been having sex, I've been dating and it kind of made logical sense at the time, you know, and pastors being, Having the authority they have in our communities, I thought, hey, this is the closest guide to, to God, you know, and if he tells me I'm healed, I'm healed. And I stopped taking my treatment and that led me to six months in my deathbed. I'm, 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 I'm glad you mentioned, um, you know, that your church was, uh, or the church elders were, were preaching to you and made you believe that, um, um, it was because of a sin that you yeah. had committed, you know, from promiscuous sex and, yeah. uh, part, uh, numerous partners and whatever. But I mean, you know, a simple question, um, especially directed to people who are of the belief that you can heal from, um, HIV or AIDS, uh, by being 
prayed for yeah. Because a lot of people are still yeah. of the belief And now you, you would want to ask those church elders Or the priests, the pastors, whatever That what happens to a child that is born yeah. with HIV What sin it's, it's has the that newborn it's the committed? It's the mother's sin Oh, is that how they explain it? Yeah Wow okay. It's the parent's sin that It's called a generational curse That's uh, what they call really? it Really? Okay, let's move yeah. along Talking about parenthood Yes. You have a daughter called Mika. Yes. That's a beautiful name. Thank you. Mika meaning amazing, intelligent, yes. beautiful, yes. eternal goddess. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> like you're the first person. Thank you for that. It's, I always have to explain because her father gave her the name. It's so I'm a always beautiful name. And, Thank and, and, you so and, and much. we're going to get more into her yeah. father. There's a reason why I mentioned the name of her. Uh, the, the meanings of her name yeah. And it's 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 a beautiful name Thank you so much And she's equally gorgeous Thank you <laughs> And I mean So here you are Giving birth to Mika mm-hmm. And then you lose your womb yeah. After giving birth to her And then her father Passes away In a <sighs> motorbike accident Can I just put it bluntly And say that you have been dealt Some shitty cards No I have I and I, I, I believe I'm still gonna go through a lot of shit, you know? But, yeah, so I gave birth to Mika on the 21st of May 2010. I, it was natural birth, and then my placenta was stuck. The last thing I remember was being taken to theater to say they're gonna go vacuum the placenta out. And I woke up, I don't know how many hours later, I was in ICU, I had all these Machines and whatever I couldn't even speak But I remember there were doctors around me You know And I remember one of the doctors saying Oh you're up You know um, um, We've got bad news for you You know You no longer will be able to have kids Because we had to remove your womb And the doctor walked away And here's Labochang Because the last thing they told me was I'm going to wake up next to my daughter You know And here I am Waking up in this place And apparently I had passed out for a couple of hours And I almost died During the operation After going back to the hospital And inquiring what exactly happened You know, apparently The machine switched off And they had to remove my womb to save my life You know So That happened And Mika's father passed away in 2016 from a motorbike accident and he was a supportive father you know i'm not gonna lie he was he was there for his daughter he's got two daughters he loved his kids and he was there with them every weekend you know and i now had to deal with filling the void it's it's still something that we're dealing with of course because she will wake up on random nights and cry for her dad but yeah so so you're talking about a full-on hysterectomy Full on Like I've Okay I've got Ovaries Full up in tube In the mouth of the womb But I can't carry A child Unless By God's miracle I have a Womb transplant Which um, Has been done In the states I've done research About it But um, um, Of course Until I Get married Or settle down I think it's a conversation I'll have with my husband Because Again I wouldn't want to rob anybody the opportunity of being a father, but I don't date guys who don't have kids because I don't want the burden of not being able to be a child. You know, it's still something that I am dealing with. It's still something that I kind of suffer from, you know, the fact that I can't and, and because I, I can't 
fall pregnant and enjoy my pregnancy. You know, because with Mika, I was 21. I didn't want to be pregnant. You know, I won't be able to go for the visits and the small things, but I've got a daughter and I'm grateful for that. Sure. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I knew this was not going to be an easy yeah. discussion or topic or interview, um, but it's, it's got to be done. Yeah. It's um, got to be done. Because you, you're here on a mission. Exactly. Right. The, Beauty of it or the beautiful thing that came out of Mika's life and what she brought into your life and the positive news was yeah. that she was born negative. Yes, she is. And this is despite you obviously living with the virus because yes. pe- a lot of people out there are still not clued up about the fact that an HIV positive person can, can give birth, birth to an HIV negative child, right? With an HIV negative partner. Yes. Yeah. So now, how did you bring her, uh, bring up your status to her? Cause I know you, you've, 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 she knows yeah, about she your status. Knows. And um, what was her reaction? Unfortunately, Mika finding out about my status wasn't in a very good way. You know, she was told by, um, one of her family members that your mom has HIV. You know, I think she had a discussion or whatever the case is. And she came back home after the, um, the weekend when she was away and she's like, Ma, do you have HIV? And here's me thinking, okay. And then I'm like, I was not ready for the conversation. And I'm thinking, oh my God, okay, how do I do this? And I'm like, yes, mommy has HIV. And she's like, why don't I have it? I want it. And she started crying. And I had to sit her down. You know, I think I didn't even know what to say to her, but I had to explain to her that it's, 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 this is what's happening. You know, mommy's living with this virus, but you don't need to have it, you know, type of thing. But, um, what I do is when I'm going for talks, I take Mika with and she listens to my talks and she sees my TV interviews and whatever, you know, and she's eight now. But of course, when she's maybe 10, she'll really understand what it is that mommy's living with, but she knows that Mommy takes tablets, you know, that she needs to take tablets at a certain time. Even now with the kidney disease, she knows that mommy has a kidney disease and she must take tablets, but she's going to be okay. Nothing's going to happen to her. But of course, I'm still going to have to explain more to her. And of course, as she grows up, she's going to have to learn more, you know, so she can protect herself again from whatever stigma she might face. But I'm praying that we would have done enough work for her generation that they don't have to face the same stigma and discrimination that we are facing currently. So now let me, I just want to go back to, to what you just revealed. Um, was it her peer at a play park or playing with no, other no, no, kids no, 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 no. or was it, was it an adult? It was an adult. An I'm adult heard. broke the news yeah. to her just mm. recklessly like that. I think it was just the, Look, relations between myself and her family aren't... So it was from a place of malice. Yeah. Has HIV type of thing. What, a whole adult. A whole adult. Revealed to your daughter at the time who was how old? Five. Um, it was 2016. So she's eight now. So she was she's five, eight. six. She was, she was five. She was six. Unbelievable. This is a relative yeah. of yours? A family no, no, member? No, 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 no. From her dad's side. But related blood to her. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, Forgive the person. It's it's, it's okay. 
I didn't want her to find out like that. No, no, no. And I, I, I don't think anybody would want the, exactly. The, the it was. Child it was. In look, manner. I'm open about my status, but it was not in their place. To no, tell my daughter, absolutely not. You know, but it's okay. That person is trash. Yeah. Yeah. He or she was trash. Definitely. So now. And I know you, 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 this was from a, a post of yours when you disclosed the fact that your daughter was HIV negative. Yes. And then someone by the name of Sidima mm. warned you <laughs> against mm. disclosing your daughter's yeah. status, stating that you were violating her, her right to right. privacy. And you responded, she is my daughter and you can go open a case if you feel I am abusing her. Yeah. Have you given much thought to that? I have. And, um, I'm sitting here thinking, how am I violating my daughter's right? She's HIV negative. She's not HIV positive. And um, as her mother, I feel I need to talk about the fact that I have a daughter who's negative to encourage other mothers, you know. And like I said, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that she's an activist. I'm not going to force her. But of course, I'll give her all the necessary information that she needs to be able to stand up for herself. You know, I'm not going to walk around and not talk about my daughter. I'm not going to hide the fact that my daughter is HIV negative and I don't see how I'm violating her right. You know, it, it goes back to us making HIV a taboo. And saying no, 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 type of thing. And that is exactly what we are trying to eradicate as activists, you know. And if people feel I'm violating human rights, open a case and let's see what happens type of thing. And I mean, when you when you talk about the, the stigma and the discrimination that comes um, with living with HIV, you call yourself babes with HIV. HIV. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Oh my God. So I think I'm the craziest person ever, but you know what? I feel, I just, when I saw Opebs do more, I saw then Opebs on so I'm thinking Opebs were HIV. It's relatable to young people and it catches one's attention. It the moment does. you see hashtag Opebs were HIV, you're thinking, Oh my Lord, let me see what's happening, you know? And we, I am one who kind of wants to, Go with the trend, you know, sningningi, I posted irring HIV mongwangning type of thing. I'm trying to make us stop the, like, you know, like we're walking on eggshells around the HIV matter type of thing. I'm trying to just make it an everyday conversation. And, oh, babes, HIV is something that I thought about one day when I was doing whatever I was doing. And then I started calling myself hashtag, oh, babes, HIV. And it, it has nothing to do with me defining myself with HIV. It's just, um, let's call it a stage name if we have to, you know? It's something that I want young people to relate to and be able to be like, oh, babes with HIV. You can call yourself a babes with cancer, babes with high blood pressure type of thing, just to relate to people and to move with the times. Okay. Yeah. All right, I hear you, <laughs> but I, I had to ask. I mean, yeah, I know a lot of people first, are like. Hmm. At first, I thought you, you, you initially. Um, what I wanted to ask you when I saw your name for the first time, and then I followed you on Twitter, mm-hmm. I wanted to say, but 
I read I read articles um ab- about you where you say I am not HIV. Yes. I am living with HIV. I'm not defined then, by HIV. Yeah, but then, then now think, you mm, call yourself all babes with HIV. HIV. So that's yeah. why I needed clarity. Of course, of course, on of course. that. But I mean, the way you've put it, of I course, mean, of course, a lot okay. of people have been asking, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's if there's another trend, I'll. You, you'll hop on that. I'll hop on that. As okay. long as I'm able to just get young people's attention. So you wanting to capture attention across. and spark conversations. I just want to spark Love conversation. That. Love that. And I want us to get to a point where we don't have to wait for World AIDS Day to talk about HIV. True. You know, that's why that's I true. am always posting about HIV. That's true. Yeah. So now the other day you tweeted, if I'm qualified to be affected by a problem, then I'm qualified to solve the problem. Yeah. Elaborate on that. So for that was, um, it was a quote that, um, we, we spoke about. I'm an activist. I'm an HIV activist. I sit on different, um, youth platforms representing young people, you know, and I think it was at a AIDS conference. We, there is something that we say, um, nothing about us without us is against us. So there's the, Consensus that we are just good enough to tell our story. We are the testimonies, and then we've got the scientists, the doctors who will talk the fear, the theory things or the serious things type of thing. You know, if I'm living with HIV and the problem affects me, then I am also allowed to sit in a boardroom, come up with campaigns, sit in a boardroom, discuss policies, sit in a boardroom and talk about whatever it is that needs to be spoken about because I live with the virus. I know what is happening, you know. I, especially when we are called for interviews at World AIDS Day and there's a doctor and there's Labuchang and then they ask the doctor, what does the doctor think about HIV prevention and, and how far have we come? And then they ask Labuchang how I was infected. I feel that undermines us in a way and it limits us to us just being stories, you know? And that's what I meant by the quote that I can sit at the table with Minister of Health and the Deputy President and say, so and so policy is so and so and so and so. Cause you are the one who's living. With this virus, you, you're the one that understands the pain. What you're, is happening? You're the yeah. one that sees the changes on your body on a daily basis. You're yeah. the one that's in and out of hospital with all sorts of ailments, illnesses. I mean, emotionally, so we it deserve, has to be a roller coaster. We deserve a place in the table and it should be taken seriously. Absolutely. So that's just an activism coast, especially because we are going to the International AIDS Conference. Unfortunately, I can't go because of the kidney disease. But then that's what we're always fighting for, to say our voices matter. It's just not about our stories. I mean, you were in hospital last week, and then you're now wanting to go back to work tomorrow. Are you, are you, I mean, are you a workaholic or something? I mean, you you I should miss rest. Work. But you need to look after yourself. I know. I miss work. So I'll, I, I'll look after myself. Look, I'm... Yes, I'm still in pain here and there, but I must work. You know what bed rest is for? Do you know the reason why a doctor gave you time off until when? Next week? Next week, yeah. (laughs) And you're rushing to go back to work? It's been, I haven't been to work since the 4th of June. I must work. And there's so much I need to do, Sonia. There's so much 
that I'm planning. I'm planning a camp. There's so much I need to do. Tell, yeah, tell uh, tell me more about that camp that you that you want to so put think, together. I think from the inboxes, um, I feel we need a camp for people living with HIV. I'll start with young women because, of course, they are most at risk and they are the ones um, who are affected most by the virus at the moment. But just the camp where I can call different speakers, you know, just to a boot camp to empower one to walk out of their living a positive life, not to go and disclose to the world. That's a personal choice. Mm. You know, if they feel they're ready to disclose, it's cool. Yeah. But just for them to walk out of there knowing that I'm living with HIV, I can still continue with my life because from what I'm getting from my inbox People still feel it's it's over for them. There's no hope. There's a young woman who said, "I hate my mom. Why did she infect me with the virus?" Also, oh, she was born. She's eighteen with, with the virus. and she's in matric, and she's like, "I can't even talk to my mom. I I hate her." I want sure. just to have a camp and invite different speakers, of course, life coaches, the works, you know, for a weekend boot camp, and we just. Empower these young women to go out there and just pursue their dreams and live. You know you're going to get a lot of support on yes, that, definitely. and you, you can count on me uh, to to also give a helping hand because that's that's Thank the you. least that's the least I can do. Thank you. I'm I'm all about assisting where, wherever I can. So Thank you, you. Feel, you, must, you 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 got my contact. Of so course, you let you let, you let me know definitely. You, you <laughs> let me know, but I think it's a great initiative, and yeah. I'm 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 going to keep pressing on you to, to see there's how a far lot. you are with there's that. There's a yeah. lot that I have planned, Sonia. There's a lot I want to do. Initially, I, I don't want an 8-to-5 job anymore. I want to be out there in the communities, you know. Of course, one needs to plan around this carefully, you know. I've also just been honored to have um, people in Gatlehong name a kitchen after me. It's called Labakang Brenda Mutsumi, um Chronic Kitchen for... um I mean kitchen for chronic patients, you know, people that can't afford having proper meals, you know, and that's something I need to go work on also. It's an honor, you know. I, of course. I, I I was honored when they sent me that, you know. There's a lot that I want to do. I initially just, I'm a speaker. I still need to invest in myself and do a lot of training, of course, but I initially want to be waking up every day and speaking and training and doing all sorts of things and maybe be on radio, maybe have a TV show. That's your gift. That's, that's, that's always you can been talk. a passion, you know. <laughs> and and <laughs> so, so eloquently. So these things that I'm working on and I just, I just want young women to tell a different story, you know, even if it's the same story to mine, but for it to end on a good note, you know, I, I want a young woman just to, to know that they were born for a purpose. I want a young woman to identify their own self-identity, no matter what the social media or television tells us, you know, that is, that is what I want to do. You know why I, I, I find, um, the camp that you're planning, uh, important and relevant, especially at this point in time is because when I, when I, I I spent almost half a day yesterday going through, um, your social media pages and, and, and stalking you and stalking you everywhere, (laughs) you know, just to try and get, you know, yeah, just just the nitty, nitty nitty greets here and there. (laughs) And what I'm about to um, mention Mm-hmm. I think will will um cement or reiterate the importance of the camp, camp. that you wanted to put together. Okay. So Ernest, 
responded to one of your tweets by saying, I wonder if celebrities get HIV, seeing they are playing hard to get. He said, since. I wonder if celebrities get HIV since they are playing hard to get. Regarding your hysterectomy, someone asked if you were still able to have sex again. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, Exactly. Yeah. So. um, I, I, I saw it. You can go through your, wow. tw- your, your Twitter, um, mentions. So just wow. because you had a hysterectomy, someone asked, can um, I have so I'm not sure. Maybe this person obviously didn't realize that removal of your uterus doesn't it mean removal vagina. of your vagina. But yeah. So there's a lot of education okay. that's needed out yeah. there, right? So now, how do you gauge or separate ignorance from stupidity? And how do you maintain your sanity? Because I have to be honest, some of the questions on your timeline leave me <laughs> gobsmacked. No, no wonder you miss this. I have learned to have a tough skin. I look when I started, I would cry and be like, Oh my God, people are saying this. But look, when you go through this journey, you kind of get to understand people's opinions and you kind of get to understand that some people will really just talk because they want to talk, you know? And you get to a point of, it's okay. It, it doesn't define me. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my bank account. It doesn't affect my sanity. It's okay. You know, continue saying what you are saying. I've been called names, Sonia. I've been called so many names in my life. I've been called ho, trash, rubbish, I've been called any, any name you can imagine, you know, and it hasn't changed It hasn't affected who I can still become. So I have learned to ignore. Look, I've got anger management problems, you know, because I've done a couple of things on, on Facebook concerning anger and stuff, but that was relationship related. But then I've learned to ignore people. Sometimes, of course, I answer and say that's a stupid question, but I've learned to be like, hmm, it's not everyone that you have to answer, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay, so are you handling your anger management issues? I know, I need to go for anger management classes, guys. When I get angry, my Facebook followers know, they have seen, hi, when I get angry. seen your wrath. They look shubenji like ish. No, I need to go find a management class. Oh, that is classic. <laughs> so now, of course, you know about the, uh, Dr. Cindy Fansale, right? Yeah, and I've it, worked with her a couple of. No, I think she's interviewed me here actually, Cliff Central. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, it's uh, so you're yeah. a, a repeat offender here. I, yes, I, 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 didn't, I didn't even realize. <laughs> okay. So now she posted. Um, Let's call it an equation for a lack of a better word, right? I think mm-hmm. you, you you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So um she spoke about what we all know that obviously condomizing reduces HIV uh, risk mm-hmm. by 80%. Yes. And that um when you include safe sex with uh, uh pre P or is it prep? How prep. do they prep? prep? Is that how they call pre-exposure it? Pre-exposure prophylaxis. Pre-exposure prophylaxis. Lexis. Okay, let me say, let me say pre prep, prep, prep. Yeah. prep yeah. So uh, that as a, a pill or a concoction mm-hmm. with safe sex reduces mm-hmm. HIV risk by 98%, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Am I still on the right track? Yes, you are. Okay. And safe sex with TASAP? TASAP is treatment, um, as prevention. So treatment okay. as prevention meaning taking my antiretrovirals and yeah. being undetectable. I cannot, 
I'm not infectious. I can't pass on uh-huh. the virus. That's where I'm getting to that because yeah. you've just touched on something that un- undetectable equals mm. untransmittable, right? Mm-hmm. So now, so that means there is no risk of HIV transmission, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you combine safe sex with that TASAP, mm-hmm. right? So now the reason I mentioned this is because a couple of days ago, a week ago, you tweeted, Announcement. All babes wear HIV got her bloods <laughs> back. Viral is undetectable and CD4 count is 650. Mm-hmm. A response that caught my eye went, great, we can rest the condom for now. <laughs> Do you think this undetectable equals untransmittable equation will lead to reckless behavior, especially mm-hmm. by those who are not fully clued up about regular mm-hmm. blood checks? Monitoring, consistency in taking meds, mm. and the precautions necessary. We've been having so many debates about this in the activism world because people really do feel that um, it's going to lead to some kind of recklessness. But I think with the, I think it's it's all about the information we give out to people, you know, and it's just insisting that. We must still stick to condoms and do what is called dual protection. So as much as you are undetectable and as much as you um, are uninfectious, you must still use a condom with your partner so that your partner doesn't get infected. I know that to some people, it, it's, it's a, oh my God, we don't have to use a condom now. But remember, a lot of things can affect your viral load. You can have the flu. It can affect your viral load. You can have stress. It can affect your viral load. So it's also just we need to keep preaching dual protection. Dual protection is using a condom and also taking your medication, taking PrEP and everything. It's just we need to now work around the messaging so people don't get the wrong ideas type of thing. But remember another thing, it's it's that thing, if I'm sleeping with my partner and the condom bursts, he doesn't have to worry because I can't infect him. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to now go goo gaga type of thing. But we need to stick to dual protection, which is using a condom, being on contraception, taking prep and 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 so forth. Okay. I've just been schooled. So now one of your other tweets. Mm-hmm. One day I will tell my story about staying in a toxic relationship because of Abandu Bazotini. What will people say? Syndrome. Yeah. Are you, are you ready to share? Yeah. So 2016, look, dating has been a journey for me personally. As much as I can talk about my HIV status to the whole world, when it comes to a male partner, it's it's quite difficult, you know? So I've always had struggles with dating. I would, of course, get rejected. Yes, I would get a partner, but things wouldn't work, whatever the case is. And in 2016, I met a, a lovely man. Um, don't need to mention his name. People who follow me know him. It's okay. I've done a documentary with him. And I met this man. He accepted my status. He supported me. And everything was was, was nice, you know? Honeymoon period, whatever. We moved in together after two months, engaged after eight months. I was on top of the world, living in Midrand, have my own place. I felt things were happening, you know. But little did people know that behind all of that, there was a lot of... There were two occasions where he physically abused me, kept quiet about it. There was a time when I came back from Namibia, caught him in 
Well, I'm not in bed, but found a woman in the house. I forgave him. And on the same, I think it was a Thursday, on the same weekend, we went down to my cousin's wedding in Devon. Posted pictures, happy couple, couple goals. And there was just a lot of infidelity, you know, happening when I would travel, whether I'm in the States or wherever I am. He would be bringing these people or this person or whoever to my house. And eventually he impregnated the one girl. And even after finding all that out, Sonia, I still wrote a letter to fix my love and took him to fix my love because I was just desperate to be loved. And I felt nobody would replace him. I felt I'd never find the love that I had found. Again, Abantwazotini syndrome. Lebohang had this perfect life. You know, I was the power couple. You know, the the goals, relationship goals, the king and queen t-shirts, you know, it was that. Look, he was good to me at some point, you know, but things changed, of course, and he was just cheating. He, he was never home. He, I would cry myself to sleep, wake up in the morning. There was a weekend where he disappeared. But all I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to make him look bad or anything. But I stayed because I wanted to be loved. And I didn't love myself enough to walk away. And me finally walking away was lying in hospital. And he didn't come see me. We were still communicating even though things were dead, you know. And I had this, I'll pray for him, he'll change mentality. And I sent him a message. He lost his grandmother, understandably so, he couldn't come. But he came back to Joburg and he wasn't calling or anything to find out how I'm doing. And I remember saying to him, have you met someone else? And he's like, it wasn't part of the plan. And I think at that moment, and I think also when I watched Fix My Love on TV, actually I noticed that the relationship had died long ago. I was just holding on to it because I was the one calling and begging to be loved. I was the one, when he would try pack and leave, I would beg literally and go on my knees and say, don't go, you know, even though all of these things were happening. But it was... Part of Avantuazutini syndrome and not loving myself enough and thinking that nobody will accept me with my HIV status and the fact that I don't have a womb again, you know, and nobody would love me how he loved me. Whoa. So now, l- looking back, I mean, I know it doesn't matter now, uh, but I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, we're having this conversation in the hopes that another woman will see the light, if I can put it that way. And I think that's why I decided to start sharing, because, you know, on the 1st of August, we're all shutting down the country. Yes. I felt, as Labhang, I need to tell my story, because I, I'm one, I don't like living a lie, you know? I've dated sugar daddies, and when I started doing the work that I did, I made the choice to stop because I can't be talking to young women and do the opposite. Mm. Right? There are a lot of things that I had to give up in my life. Yes, I go out once in a while, but 
there there's a lifestyle that I lived that I had to give up because I can't go and stand in front of young people and say X, but I am doing Y. Hmm. So I also felt, let me share this part of my story because people, I painted a picture to people, you know, and I felt because I'm open about my life, let me share what's been happening. It was never to make him look back or get back at him. I was not, it was not from being bitter. It was just telling the truth. And at the rate that we are going in our country with gender-based violence, I felt as an HIV activist who works with gender-based violence every day, had to say something. And after that, the response again was alarming. Women saying, I'm walking away. Women saying, I'm in the same situation. It was just one of those, everyone, somebody is going through the same thing. Wow. Sure, you, you, I, 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 I have a feeling that you, 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 you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna live uh, a long, beautiful life, and Thank you. and I, I have confidence in saying that because you are living it so positively, Thank with you. a positive mind. It's not like this every day. <laughs> with, I, 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 I yeah. can only imagine. But yeah. what I'm seeing right here in front of me, and the encouragement that you're giving out there, um, you, you need to be encouraged. To do that Because yeah. just like when I started the show By saying that young people need somebody They can relate to Somebody yes. who speaks their language I mean, yes. as you mentioned that th- How you came about with Ooh, Babes with HIV, HIV Is because it's a trendy yeah. uh, topic It's catchy, right? Catchy. But it's, it's going with the times It's going with the of kind of language and talk That people your age Millennials and centennials Can to relate listen. to, right? Of course So now the show, I believe you finalized production of that. Is it something that's still going to air with you in the episode with the guy that you Fix broke up with? Yeah. Or is um, it passed? It's, it's, it has aired. I know they repeated, but we, we just shot the final episode on Saturday. We, with the ex. No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, they just came back to me to find out what happened after I the show. I see. Also, you did go on the show. No, no, the show was done already. So it was aired long time it ago. It was aired, I think, two months. Three months ago, I can't remember. Oh, right. But now, I think when they do their thirteenth episode, they'll be visiting. Oh, so it's a revisit. What's been happening? I see. I just did that on Saturday. We, of course, for me, they fixed my love, my personal love, hang love. Okay. So it will be aired. I'm not sure. Okay, I'll I'll keep an eye on that. I'll keep an eye on that. I am a young woman living with HIV. I stand up to stigma and discrimination because I don't want something that is so preventable to affect your life as it has done mine. My name is Lebohang Brenda Mutsubi and I'm greater than Umzala. Umzala is HIV? Umzala is HIV. That's another name that I use for HIV. So it came up. I was sitting with my friend in a taxi at the time. Look, I it was kind of like we would talk about HIV, but people would be, and I'm like, ish. And then for some reason, I think I was listening to someone talking, and I'm like, no, we'll call it Umzala, so people don't catch our conversation. Hurry, we're talking about HIV, so that's how Umzala came about. And of course, making this HIV my friend, you know, talking to this HIV that is in my body, type of thing. So yeah, Lebohang, yes, sir. Brenda, yes. my brr. Yes. <laughs> I salute you. Thank you. No doubt your bravado and chutzpah will <laughs> enlighten, educate, and inform. I love Thank that laughter. You. It's so infectious. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your truth and for revealing what you consider your skeletons. My skeletons, yeah.
dirty laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming through. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you so much. How can you turn your lights on with just your voice or catch intruders red-handed on camera? What about using a remote to close your window shutters? Gareth Cliff and team don't turn a blind eye to technological innovations for your home and discuss how your future or present, how they can work for you. Make sure you download the podcast on cliffcentral.com now. Don't turn a blind eye to is brought to you by the Taylor Blinds and Shutters. Dress up your windows from home to the office with the assurance of 60 years high quality products. Taylor Blinds and Shutters brings home the textures, colors, fabrics, patterns and innovative materials that your space has been waiting for. Find out more on the cliffcentral.com website. My humble opinion, after all, this is the opinion booth, but this is in the words of David Finish. In strictly medical terms, there's no difference between HIV and diabetes. They are not curable, but they are very, very highly treatable. And early information is power. The one thing, literally the one thing and only thing that is different is the stigma. And we have to overcome it because because it is now the only reason people are dying. Aspire to inspire before you expire. This is CliffCentral.com.